At photographycourse.net, you'll be able to swap your expertise with other photographers, make light instead of wishing for it, expand your portfolio, and receive feedback from professionals, all of which will develop your artistic eye. Photographycourse.net offers an abundance of premium courses and challenges for participants at every stage of their journey, from technical settings for portrait photography, to landscape composition tricks, to how to start your own photography business, we have everything you need to start shooting confidently. You can work at a pace that suits you. Our 52-week project challenge will provide you with the educational resources, encouragement, and support that you need to take great photographs every week. You can join us at any time as our themes are evergreen. You can also start by shooting every day and learning something new with our 365 Days of Photography course. Led by an industry expert who has mentored over 10,000 students, this course will help you take your photography skills to the next level with daily, bite-sized videos. Throughout the process of learning, you'll have access to a community that will provide you with inspiration and motivation. Get encouragement from other photographers every single day. Our current limited time offer comes with a special discount code exclusive to the listeners of this podcast. Get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Claim this discount by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join photographycourse.net and capture more than just a moment. Hello everyone, my name is Taya and I'm the host of Great Big Photography World Podcast, where we interview notable photographers in the industry, give advice on a wide variety of topics, and provide tips for beginners and professionals alike. In this episode, I speak with Australian hobbyist photographer Sharon Fritz. Sharon has been taking photographs for many years and she's a part of our online photography community. So I'm very happy to be sharing this episode with you all. We talk about how she got into photography, the inspiration she has for taking nature photographs, what it's like being a community member, and much more. Please enjoy. We have an amazing community at photographycourse.net where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, join photography contests, and much more. In our community, you'll also find a 52-week project that will provide you with weekly educational videos and challenges to help you improve your skills on a regular basis. This is an amazing opportunity for you to not only enhance your skills, but also grow your network and have a wholesome experience as a photographer. We're so inspired by the amazing photographs that our members post every day. When you join our community, you'll be able to make new friends and share your progress with a passionate group of people. None of this would be possible without our members' support, so we're very grateful. In order to keep things running, we're offering exclusive membership plans that will give you access to every part of our community and our premium courses. Use the discount code GREATBIGPHOTOGRAPHYWORLD to get 50% off your first year as a member. Go to photographycourse.net slash join and use the code GREATBIGPHOTOGRAPHYWORLD without any spaces to claim your discount. Hi, Sharon. Welcome to Great Big Photography World podcast. I am so happy to have you here. You are one of our valued community members, and I really look forward to having a conversation with you about photography. Please introduce yourself to the listeners. Oh, thank you very much, Tara. Um, like I said before, I'm very flattered and honoured um, for you to have me on here because I really do feel that I've got more to learn than to teach other people. About me, I by the weekday, I'm a busy finance professional. 
But on the weekend, I'm an amateur photographer who really enjoys to travel and visit new places and to see new things. I find photography super relaxing. When you're looking through the viewfinder and you're looking at the light and you're looking at the composition and you're looking at the subject, you're not thinking about the stresses of work or what needs to be done around the house. You're just in the moment and you can appreciate nature and the beauty. It's a total de-stressor and I love it for that reason. And I started to share a lot of my photos on social media from some of the travels that I did. And some of the comments that I would get, it's like, where's that? I've lived in Queensland all my life and I've never been there. I want to go there. That looks lovely. Could I go and see it? And other family and friends and older people saying, well, I can't get out and about, but through your photos, I'm traveling virtually. So that's really about me and the photography. I'm a true amateur. That's so amazing that photography has benefited you in so many ways. Number one, you relax when you take photographs. And number two, you're able to give other people a chance to travel virtually, so to speak, and relax in their own way. Yep, that's the aim. (laughs) Yeah, that's so exciting. And I've met many photographers who have different day jobs. And on weekdays, they don't even take photographs. On weekends, they take photos for fun. So I think it's a nice balance to have because you don't think about work, as you said. You don't think about your chores and you're just there present in the moment. And I'm sure that in Australia, as you said, there are so many amazing places to photograph. So many opportunities to relax and feel at peace, right? There is, yes. And I think it's known that um, if you're working in a high-pressure job and you just go, 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 and you don't have any downtime, it does cause mental health issues and things like that. So I think having a hobby where you can be out getting some exercise and just enjoying it and appreciating um, the scenery, I think it's just totally beneficial. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. And speaking of taking photographs, I think it's important to talk about camera equipment as well. So what camera equipment do you use? In my backpack, I carry three different cameras. Now, I am an amateur, so they are all low-cost cameras. I've got an underwater compact camera for snorkeling and if I go um, swimming or I see something under the water that I just like, that it appeals to me that I want to take a photo of. So I've got the underwater one. Then I've got my backup camera, which previously was my primary camera and that's a Canon 200D and I've upgraded from it but I still carry that in my backpack because I think it's always good to be prepared. I've never had touch wood, nothing's gone wrong but it's always good just to have that backup but the one that I use all the time is the Canon RP mirrorless and frameless camera and I've got a 24mm to 240mm lens And I just love it because it's so versatile for travelling because I don't have to be changing lenses. It's not too heavy and it does everything I need for travel and landscape photography. I've got two different tripods. I use the Manfrotto one most of the time because it's very sturdy and for waterfalls and that sort of thing. But I've also got a lighter, I think it's called a three-legged thing, which is very appropriate. And um, I use it a lot when I'm traveling because it fits nicely in my suitcase. I also have a neutral density filter, a polarizing filter, and uh, would you believe it, a raincoat for my camera because I do a fair bit of hiking and I don't mind walking in the rain. I think you can get some really deep colors of photos and different photos in the rain. 
And I also like doing a lot of waterfall photos and sometimes on a windy day there can be a lot of spray. So I have got a raincoat and a lot of people will say, what's a raincoat? But, yes, I've definitely got a raincoat for my camera. <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's I really like your gear. It's so smart and it keeps your cameras safe. And I like that you just have that one lens because it's definitely very versatile and it's perfect because you can zoom in really close, I guess, to certain subjects that you can't approach. Yep. And you can also have those beautiful wide shots of landscapes. It's perfect, yeah. But I still think it's it, quite heavy to carry, no? Um, it's, yeah, not too bad. I've got the backpack and I suppose I'm used to it and it, I suppose it helps me lose weight while I'm walking too, having that extra weight I'm taking with me. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, photography is a real exercise, especially landscape and nature photography, in my opinion, especially if you're hiking, you lose a lot of weight carrying those cameras. I could always do with losing a bit more. But yes, it's always good to get out there and go for a hike. (laughs) Yeah. So you mainly take photographs when you're going hiking and traveling, right? Yeah, well, I tend to do it on the weekends, like I said. So I will normally just look up, well, where am I going to go and what am I going to take photos of? It's been a little bit different recently with the challenge because I've based my weekend work on what the challenge is. But I'll normally look at where I'm going to go. For example, we've got a long weekend coming up in Australia very soon. So I'm going to go and do some camping and I'm going to do what they call the waterfall trail. So I'll get lots of photos of waterfalls and then along the walk, I'll take photos as well. And of course, there's a lot of mountains around. So there's always mountains to take photos or there's bush, different types of rainforest or there's rivers or dams. When you go for a walk like that, and there's just so many places in Australia that you can go for a walk, there's always something different to see. That sounds amazing. You said that you have a high pressure job. So having that and also looking forward to weekends when you can go hiking, when you can take photographs, I'm sure that helps take the burden off of you. Exactly. I'm curious to know, how did you get into photography since it's just a hobby and what inspired you to pursue it? Yes, well, it's really been a long, windy road with many roundabouts, many potholes and lots of speed humps. Um, I asked for my first camera in the 1970s. I was going on my first school camp and I wanted a camera to keep a record of the places that we were going and the things that we did. And Yeah, I still have that camera and I still have the photos. It was an old camera, Instamatic camera. And I've still got the photos and the photos are really bad. They're dreadful photos. But even though they're dreadful photos, they're still really good memories. And I wouldn't even have remembered those places because it's over 40 years ago if I didn't have those photos. So for me, photography really started about memories. And Both of my grandparents liked to take photos and they used to call them snaps. Both of my grandparents gave me their Kodak box brownies, which I still own now. And because I showed an interest in photography, they were always encouraging me. And my grandmother took photos, so many photos from all the different places that she travelled. And it was her photos of her travels that inspired me to travel and also me to keep memories of those travels. Then when I started working and I had a little bit of money and I started travelling myself, well, I purchased my first SLR, the film camera, the Minolta, and it was really to keep a record of the places that I visited and I started to then really learn about taking better photos rather than just 
snaps, as my grandmother used to call them. But then when the kids came along, well, photography took a bit of a back seat and it really just became, once again, snaps to keep a record of the kids growing up and places that we visited and that sort of thing. And then about six years ago, the kids left home and my husband and I decided to move from country Victoria and we moved to Brisbane in Queensland. And I really wanted to explore Queensland because initially we came up here with the thought that we would only be here for five years. So I wanted to see as much of Queensland in that five years as I possibly could. And I set myself an A to Z challenge, a photography A to Z challenge, that I wanted to take photos of different places of the whole alphabet. And I did it the first year. And then I really started to explore how I could be better. And I did it the second year. And I was actually asked to display my A to Z of photography in the Brisbane Library. And I inspired a lot of people to actually get out and see Queensland, like I was saying earlier. And I had photos of things that they said, gee, that looks nice, but where's that? I haven't been there. I've lived in Queensland all my life. I don't know where that is. I'd like to go there. And people really seemed to like it. Then I really started, I suppose, analysing my photos and I was looking at other photographers' work and looking at other photographers and saying, well, I like this photo. Why do I like this photo? Or I don't like this photo. Why don't I like it? And from that, I used that as a method so that I could improve my own photography. I have always been one to read a lot. So I read a lot about photography as well. And then I really wanted to improve so that I could take better photos and better memories and better records of the landscape and inspire more people to travel and see the beauty around us because really is beauty everywhere. You just need to look. And I've just kept going with it. Yeah, I, I just find it really, as I said before, really enjoyable and really relaxing. And when I can actually have other people say that they really enjoy it as well, well, that inspires me to keep going. What an amazing story. It's so cool that your grandparents inspired you, and especially your grandmother inspired you to get into travel and nature photography. And I'm sure that you really cherish those photographs that they gave to you. And I'm sure that you yourself have such a huge portfolio of photographs from back when you first started to now. I do. When I was looking at getting a few for you, I actually counted, well, I looked at how many I've got and I've got around 100,000 on my computer. (laughs) Wow, that's so amazing. (laughs) When I was going through my photos, there's so many photos on my computer, so which ones am I going to choose? And I looked over the last 18 months and I just chose 10 images that I thought showed a bit of diversification of ability, I suppose. It wasn't deliberate, but when I was looking at it later, I noticed that they all had one thing in common. Did you notice that? One thing in common? Well, I remember the sunrise photo and it was water, so nature, that was the thing that I noticed. They're all landscape, but they all actually include water. There's reflection photos, there's waterfall photos, there's river photos, there's ocean photos. Every one of the photos, even the um, sunrise, it was water and a reflection. So then I started to actually think about that a little bit more and saying, well, Why is it, they're not necessarily my best photos, but they're the ones that I like best. Why is that? And thinking about it, I think it's because water shows emotion and elicits an emotion. So 
I thought that must be what I really like because I can see that whether it's waterfalls or rivers or the ocean, they can be very calm and relaxing. They can be a lot of fun or recreational. They can be turbulent. It really depends on the day and the camera settings that you use to shoot the shot. And then reflections also, they can actually cause emotion because they actually duplicate or they double the colours or the scenes and that sort of thing. So based on that knowledge... I'm actually going to look more at my landscape photos and look at how I can include more implied movement and help generate more emotion from my landscapes rather than just having a static scene. So thank you for that. Stay tuned. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's amazing. And it really shows the power of looking at your own work and learning from it because sometimes we think, oh, I took this photo. I already knew everything I need to know maybe about a landscape. That's how I feel sometimes. But when you look back, you might even discover something about yourself that you weren't aware of before. So it's really amazing that you discovered that. And thank you so much for sharing. I really look forward to seeing more of your photographs, especially in the community. Thank you for asking me to do this because I wouldn't have realized unless I had done this. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's why it's so important to be curious about other people's work and to ask photographers questions and then have them ask you questions because in those conversations, during those conversations, you can learn a lot about yourself, even if you are the one asking questions, maybe. It's uh, very great for a reflection. <laughs> no pun intended, speaking of water. <laughs> yeah, I think it's important that we always continue to learn. Absolutely. Yeah, it's so important to learn. And even if you feel like you've reached a point where you're confident in your skills, there's still always room to grow. And sometimes you might even surprise yourself by everything you don't know. PhotographyCourse.net is a place where you can find an abundance of photography inspiration in different forms like premium courses, articles, video tutorials, editing resources, and much more. We have a thriving community where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, and discover new ideas every single day. Here is a message from one of our top community members, Robert Morton. Hi, my name is Rob. I specialize in wildlife photography and landscape photography. I'm a member of photographycourse.net online community. I like the community because you get some fantastic ideas and some great feedback. So take your photography to the next level by clicking the link in the description. That's what I did and I haven't looked back. If you want to join our online community, go to photographycourse.net and enter the coupon code podcast to get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Our online photography community is a place where you can grow your skills and learn something new every single day. If you want to join conversations like this one and connect with like-minded photographers from across the world, you're in the perfect place. We have a special discount code for our podcast listeners. We're offering 50% off your first year as an extraordinary or limitless member. Go to photographycourse.net slash join to claim your discount with the code GREATBIGPHOTOGRAPHYWORLD. You have a very diverse portfolio with beautiful photographs of nature, as we just discussed. What draws you to a scene? You just mentioned that you are really moved by water and emotions and motions. So what else inspires you to take a photograph of something? Yeah, I don't really know. Now I've analysed and I'm thinking, well, it is water, but I can actually see photos pretty much everywhere I go now, whether I'm in the city or whether I'm in the bush or whether I'm doing a walk around the block. I just now seem to be able to see beauty and pictures, photos everywhere 
that I go now? Yeah, that's a really hard question for me to answer. I think it's just that now that I've actually go for walks and things like that, I'm looking deeper. I could have gone for a walk previously before without a camera in my hand and I may not have seen anything. But now that I've got the camera in my hand, I think I just look deeper and I look for the way that the light is hitting things. I look at the different colours of the leaves, the different colours. I look for reflections or something a little bit different. It could be in the puddles I'm looking for a reflection. I'm looking for lines that draw my eyes and it could even be that the clouds are drawing my eyes to a certain scene, that sort of thing. So it's not really one thing. I think it's more about just opening my eyes and just looking deeper and really seeing. That's really beautiful. I think many of the listeners can relate to that. And in my opinion, a photographer is really a photographer when they start to see beautiful pictures around them, even in places that other people ignore, or even in places that they used to ignore before. I think that's when you're really a photographer. It doesn't matter whether you're a professional or not, or whether you're earning money as a photographer or not. In my opinion, you are a photographer when you see pictures everywhere. (laughs) Oh, thank you. That's so nice. Oh, that's such a compliment. Thank you. I remember when I got into photography, I just took photos of things that looked nice. But then as time went on, I started to see beauty in almost everything. And my friends would be like, what is this? What are you taking photographs of? It seems really (laughs) insignificant. But then I would take a photo and they would be surprised. And then they would start to look at things differently. So I think it's an amazing skill that we have as photographers to really appreciate our surroundings, regardless of where we are. And you can relate to that. Yeah, I was just going to say, I can relate exactly to what you just said. You pretty much took the words out of my mouth. (laughs) Yeah, I know. That's the beauty of photography, no? (laughs) (laughs) What advice would you give to photographers who want to take eye-catching landscape photographs? My first tip would be, to really use manual mode. When I started using manual mode and I started actually doing it successfully, it made a really big difference to my photography. When I first tried manual mode, I was getting so frustrated because it took me so long to set up the photo and to get the exposure right and that sort of thing. But then by persevering with it now, it has made the biggest difference to my photography. And I'd say just persevere and practice, 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 because it might be slow to start off with, but you will get better and you will see the difference in your photography. And I'd also say really know your camera and what your camera can do. I may not have a flashy professional camera, but I think it still does a pretty good job. But I really like, well, I suppose many cameras can do it, but I've used um, Canon for years now. But I like that I can actually set, adjust my shutter speed, I can adjust the aperture, I can adjust the ISO and I can adjust the focus point without even taking my eye away from the viewfinder because I've got it set up so that I've got the different controls on the camera that are, I can just turn the different buttons and it'll change one button's for the speed, one's for the aperture, one's for the ISO and so on so that I don't have to take my eyes away from the scene and I can set all the settings to get the right exposure quite quickly now. So I think that's a really big hint. I'd also say that everyone that takes photos knows that light is extremely important and um, it really does determine which direction that I shoot in and the mood of the photo and whether I want to overexpose or underexpose or have the correct exposure or look into the sun or away from 
have the sun behind me, it all adds a different dimension to the way things are. And waterfalls, for example, because I like doing a lot of waterfalls, I actually like to do them when the sun is high in the sky because it reduces the shadows. And there's not a lot of photography that they say that in the middle of the day when the sun is high, that it's good for photography at that time of the day. But I find that it is good for waterfalls. And I do find it's also good for walking in the bush sometimes too because the sun actually comes through the bush. With waterfalls, I really like to get them slow. I really like to get them at probably about one-eighth, yeah, about one-eighth of a second really, but I really like an ISO of about 100. I like the smallest aperture. I'll normally use the F2, um, F22. I'll use a sturdy tripod. You've got to have a, a tripod and that will give you the slower shutter speeds. And if you can't get it slow enough, well, then I'll put the neutral density filter on to actually slow it down further so you can get that nice white look to the water. But I don't like it overly white because I think it looks too fake, but I just like a little bit of white in in my waterfall photos. And sorry, I've gone off track. I've gone to the waterfall photography. But, um, yeah, my main thing would be use manual mode and know your camera and be aware of light. Oh, it's all very good advice. I recently got an ND filter, neutral density filter, and we don't have any waterfalls here, unfortunately, but we have some lakes, especially when it's windy, it creates a nice effect. So I've been experimenting with that and it's been really amazing. And I've been taking photos for over 10 years. So to discover something that I'm completely unfamiliar with was really eye-opening and fun because I know nothing about it. I was a complete beginner but I had a lot of fun. I felt like a child again, just trying something new yeah. and fun with it. But all the other tips that you shared are also very good. And I completely agree with you. I think it's very important to know how to control settings manually. It definitely takes a bit more time, but if you're patient with it, then you can develop your intuition and take great photographs almost anywhere. Yeah. Picture the saw of the story bridge with the colours and all the colours in the water. Well, That's once again with the tripod and just slowing it down. So slowing it right down. And by slowing it right down like that, you get that really smooth water. And then the reflections of the colours are just so much brighter and deeper. So I love just playing with all those settings. I suppose that would be another hint is just play with the settings. Don't do the same thing over and over again because you're going to get the same result. Try different things to get a different outcome. I think that makes photography more fun because if you find a technique that works for you, that's great. But then if you continuously stick to it, then it might get a little bit boring. So I think it's good to challenge yourself and also surprise yourself with different settings. For sure. You've been an active member of our online photography community. That is how I discovered your work. And I'm so happy that I was able to see your photographs and be inspired by your work. What are the benefits of joining a photography community? Well, for me, I felt that. I had stagnated a little bit and I needed a new challenge. So I really wanted to challenge myself and help me grow. But I also wanted to, like I said before, try new things and think about new things. So I think that was one of the reasons because I thought, well, if I've got exposure to all these other people, they're going to be doing all these different things. I want to learn some of those things and I want to meet other photographers and get to know what their likes are, what their dislikes are, what works for them, what doesn't work for them, and get suggestions in improving. And I think it's also a bit of, if you're in a community and everybody thinks the same way, 
you just feel like part of something and it can help you to grow. Absolutely. I agree with you. It, it really helps to feel like you're a part of something bigger than yourself. And if you know that there are people who will support you and actually look at your work, really, really look at your work and appreciate it, then it gives you motivation. There's just something about that community feeling that is different to just doing things solo. Exactly. You're also a part of our 52-week project. And I am so excited every single week when I see your work. And it's been so nice to see your progress. What has your experience been like as a student? Yeah, well, it's really good to be challenged and try new things. It's already making me think more differently and more creatively because, as you can tell, I like the landscape photography. I like doing scenes and nature and that sort of thing. I probably have never, ever thought about taking a photo of food or things like that. I know I see lots of people on their Facebook and um, that sort of thing, taking photos of food, but I've never really thought about it. But it's actually just making me think about how to do things more differently and creatively. I really like the saying, the comfort zone's a lovely place, but nothing ever grows there. So I really enjoy that I'm learning new things that I might not have thought about or tried previously, and it can help me to improve my photos even when I went out with the nature photography, and I do that all the time. Just hearing you with a few different hints and tips that you gave, I thought, okay, well, normally I'll shoot at, you know, F16 is my favourite for um, landscape photography, but I thought, okay, I'm going to try and use, I think it was F5.6. I might not have put the photo up, but it was actually one of my favourite photos. I, I really liked that the foreground was out of focus and the distance was out of focus, but it really made the impact on the centre of the photo. And I thought, oh, I'm going to do that a lot more. I like that. So it's about learning new things and just improving what you do and trying new things. I'm really happy to know that you've been enjoying the process. For me as well, when I come up with themes for the project and I work with our team and we try to come up with something interesting for the members, sometimes I'll come across a topic that I'm not that familiar with. So I need to do a lot of research myself. And I also have similar experiences to yours where I am compelled to try something new that I've never done before. And I try it and I actually really like it. And I'm like, oh, my style is developing. This is nice. Exactly. Yeah. Good. I have one more question for you. And that is, what is the one thing you'd like to achieve in this great big photography world? Well, I grew up with the, the saying, good, better, best, never let it rest until your good is better and your better best. Well. I think my photos are are good, but I think that they could be better and I probably want to do the best that I can do. Like we were saying earlier, I came from film photography where what you looked at through the viewfinder is what you got, but you didn't actually know that until you developed the film. So I'm not one of these people that likes all the editing and cropping photos and all of that sort of thing too much. I just like to get a good photo from the start. So I want to get better and better so that when I take photos, rather than people saying, yeah, that's a good photo, I want people to say, wow, where is that? So that I can inspire more people to actually get out of the house on the weekend and travel, see new things and just appreciate what's around us. What a beautiful answer. I love your determination. I love how enthusiastic you are about photography. And it's wonderful that you're so mindful about every single photo that you take. 
And I can just sense in your photographs alone that you really love what you do. And it's always a pleasure to come across people like you. So thank you so much for being on this podcast. Thank you so much for being one of our community members. And I really look forward to seeing more of your photographs in the future. Thank you so much for having me, Taya. I've really enjoyed it. And thank you for doing this for everybody out there that does photography because it is very useful. Thank you so much for your kind words. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode with Sharon Fritz. I really enjoyed speaking with her. I think she's such an enthusiastic and friendly photographer with a very impressive portfolio. If you want to join in on the fun, if you want to ask questions, receive constructive criticism, and check out Sharon's work, make sure to join our online photography community. There's a link to it in the description. See you next week. Our photography community wouldn't be what it is without its amazing members. We're working on many exciting projects and have lots of great perks waiting to be discovered by you. For a small monthly fee, you'll receive all kinds of perks. If you join as an extraordinary member, you'll get an ad-free experience, access to every subforum, access to our 52-week project, the ability to connect with all of our members, and more. As a Limitless member, you'll get all of the perks that I just mentioned and access to all of our premium courses and Lightroom presets. This is the perfect opportunity for anybody who wants to elevate their skills without paying thousands of dollars for courses. We're sure that you'll love being a part of our community if you're a fan of this podcast. In addition to meeting new people, you'll learn something new about photography every day, which will help you improve quickly. It's also much more fun to take photographs when you have a group of amazing photographers supporting you. Go to photographycourse.net to find out more and to get 50% off your first year as a member. We can't wait to see you in our community. And again, just as a reminder, go to photographycourse.net slash join to claim your discount with the code GREATBIGPHOTOGRAPHYWORLD. We can't wait to see you there. There's a simple reason why photographycourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography. While you're at it, claim your special discount code by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member.